are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's another edition of the Crossover Podcast here in the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Marcus Mosier from Locked On Cowboys. And joining me today is a special guest. It's Gino from Lockdown Eagles. Uh, I know a lot of Cowboy fans really like when we have Gino on the show because he's very real and realistic about his team. Uh, but Gino, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great, Marcus. This is what now the fourth season I think we've been doing these crossovers these. together. Yeah, I think it's every time that we've been together that uh, we have done these crossovers between the Eagles and Cowboys and the best rivalry in football like I, i'm gonna keep saying that forever go. and ever and i really appreciate that uh all your fans or some of them at least that <laughs> think that i'm real because we had a san fran fan say that last week so that's what we try to do here at lockdown eagles now and we're a few years removed from when we first started and there was a little more bias but we're looking at it through the straight and narrow lens now who's going to come out as the victor on monday night and all in all, we're sitting here both at one and one, Marcus. I, I don't think that either of these teams maybe would have expected to start just how they did in the manner of those first two mm -hmm. games. Both of them were in two different stretches for the offense and the defense for either of the teams. I think both game plans from week to week for the Eagles and Cowboys was vastly different. So I really don't know what we're going to see on Monday night because, I mean, you talk about your Cowboys. They threw almost 60 times the first game. And then they come out run dependent the second game with Jalen Hurts. He comes out, he's the lowest average per yards per attempt down the field in week one. And then the next week, he has the most yards per attempt. So it, this is going to be a game in the NFC East where they're going to beat each other up. And it could be a one score game. And either way that it goes, I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, it's, it should be a lot of fun. We're going to dive into the individual matchups. We're going to talk about each of these teams. But before we do that, Gino. Just a kind of life thing. What's going on? Where are you writing? Where can people find your work? Yes, sir. So I'm doing a lot of scouting work. I'm scouting for the College Gridiron Showcase. We had like, I'd say 13 or 14 guys drafted last year. There's probably 60 to 80 awesome. from last year's class on the uh, practice squads in the NFL this year. Um, you can find me on Twitter at GC24 underscore football, hence in the name. All I do is scout football, watch football. It's what I'm doing 24-7 talking on Twitter. We have the Lockdown Eagles YouTube channel. You can find us on Twitter at Lockdown Birds. You can find my co-host at DBossi. L-O-E. We uh, had the partnership with Fox 43 there in um, Pennsylvania through our Tegner partnership. So we're always doing written video, audio, just like you at Lockdown Cowboys. We got a lot of different outlets here at Lockdown and we're we're coming up. Beware of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm telling everybody that. So is there is there a one guy that you've scouted so far that you're just really excited about going into this year's draft? Yeah, and for the second time in a row, it's come to be the my favorite running back in the class. Last year was Antonio Gibson. This time around, it's Jarrett Patterson, and I have this kind of, I told you so, for Jarrett Patterson because this guy, he scored in two different stretches in his career. He scored 12 touchdowns mm. in two games, in, in two different times in his career within a calendar year, scored eight touchdowns in one game. And everybody just kept looking at this kid's height. He's 50, 64, 5 foot 6, and not even a half of an inch. 
And I'm saying it doesn't matter. Running backs don't matter. Like these guys, if they could get the ball in the end zone, they really don't matter. And now he's the number two in Washington. And I know he's a guy that's kind of under the radar and wasn't really talked about too much last year, but I loved him last year. And then this year, I think if you're looking at running backs again, watch a Fresno State game and turn on Ronnie Rivers. This yep. kid is the closest thing to Darren Sproles that I think we have seen in in a decade plus. Like He is legit. Fresno State has Jake Hayner right now, who is one of the top quarterbacks in football. They're a ranked team coming out of the Mountain West. They almost beat my Oregon Ducks. There's exciting guys coming out this year, and I think – We'll be looking forward to it in Philly with potentially three first-round draft picks and a lot of premier draft picks in the next year to kind of beef up this roster and try to get where the offensive Dallas is currently. So when you brought up Darren Sproles, I just got to mention, I know this isn't a draft show, but Deuce Vaughn, why not go back to Kansas State and five right. foot six running back, 175, maybe? Uh, good, good little prospect. So uh, we're going to get into to this matchup here today. Uh, let's go ahead and start with your Eagles. Uh, I want to just kind of talk about Jalen Hurts. Where do you think he is right now in his development? Do you think he is potentially the, the answer? Is he the franchise guy? Uh, just what are your general thoughts? Yeah, so I kind of made this point on my show when we started talking about him in the last couple weeks here that especially at quarterback two, where you need a fair amount of evidence to find out who a player really is to get him the whole realm of throwing in the nine sections down the field, the three sections behind the line of scrimmage. You got 12 different areas you're throwing the ball into. Yep. Jalen Hurts is still improving in a lot of those areas, but it's like a teacher with tenure. Like if they see what you can do in the first couple seasons – and they know what your floor is, and you, if you're good enough, you'll get tenure and you'll be on the team. That's what Jalen Hurts is trying to po- prove Well, it's right almost now. like across the NFL. Like If, if you can show enough of his skill set, you're going to be a, a quarterback in the league for a decade. right? Like, I'll right. give an example. Blake Bortles, right? Yes. Blake Bortles was not a great quarterback in the NFL, but he was good enough that he's going to hang around for five more years as a backup, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. And Jalen Hurts, he might not have the arm talent that everybody uh, thought he had in Carson Wentz, who obviously had a great arm. But now you look at a guy who you might be limited into throwing into the deep third of the field, but still has done well with it. He's still struggling to find out how to get the ball into the middle of the field. He's very good rolling to his right. He really likes to pepper that right side of the field. And I look at a quarterback like that and I I say, we've seen this guy here. Like we're going through the same thing we did with Donovan 15 years. Like Donovan had a good arm. We know that he wasn't an an all world thrower down the field by any stretch of the imagination. He was a guy that operated better out of structure than he did within structure. And I think Jalen hurts in the, multiple different offenses that he's been in already in the NFL. He's been under two play callers. He was in Alabama under multiple play callers goes to Oklahoma is under a, another play caller. He has been an adaptable style quarterback and an athlete who is built as well as he is in his lower half, where he could squat over 600 pounds with arm talent that will get it done. I mean, he's a better thrower than, I think Peyton Manning was the last eight years of his career just throwing ducks down the field. You can oh, win. Man. You can win. I mean, even Drew Brees, you know what I mean. I'm not throwing any shade no, to these I know, guys. No, I know but what I'm, you mean. Yep. Yeah, I'm saying not, that. Listen, we're not calling him Peyton Manning or no, 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 Drew no, no. Brees either. But you're saying arm strength, right? He's got a yes. better arm 
Yeah, quarterback. not overall tail. I'm saying right. arm strength. Like you can get it done by dumping it down the field and just cutting death by a thousand cuts. You can win that way. And at the same time, you have all these guys on the outside who can win with yards after the catch. Just play to what Jalen Hurts does well. Use his leg ability. I mean, he is one of the first guys in the NFL to go over 200 yards and over 50 yards rushing for multiple starts in his career. And he's only six starts into his NFL career. So this guy has talent. He has a winning ability. It just, can we continue to see what he does well? And are those deficiencies bad enough that they can't cover them up? I believe they can. If they did it at Alabama, they did it at Oklahoma, two offenses that are, have tons of talent in the NFL. I mean, you got CD lamb, I mean that's a that's a an offense that you're getting pro style guys in a more spread style system, which the NFL is evolving to. I believe that Jalen Hurts could be that guy. I just need to see the evidence. Still, I saw a lot of it in Week One, Week Two. They went to the other extreme and were just throwing the ball down the field too much. When you meet that middle ground and see who Jalen Hurts really is, he is a quarterback that you can win with any day of the week, and at times a quarterback that you can win because of, because of that lack talent. He has something that I'd say 5 to 10% of quarterbacks in the NFL have, and that's elite leg talent at the quarterback position. Do I want him to be more reliable in the run game than pass game? Obviously not, but we'll see. Going against Dak, somebody who can throw the ball down the field, where does he stand in this division? I'm very intrigued to see this Monday be a real big test for Jalen Hurts. All right. Gito, yes or no? That's all I want. Is Jalen Hurts going to be the franchise quarterback for the Eagles going forward? That side oh, told me everything I, I need to know. You don't even need to answer. I, You're still I, not sure. Yeah, it's like one of those things where it's like if it's not a yes, it's a no type of thing. And I, I, I think it's a no for now, but I want to be proven wrong. I, I don't gotcha. know if – I think those type of throwers, like an Alex Smith for an example, like these guys that will complete – 65 to 70 percent of their passes 20 touchdowns four interception type seasons come along more often than these elite throwers of the world like you're seeing in the josh allens and you're seeing in the Dak prescott's but can he be on the upside because of that leg talent that can overcome some of those deficits maybe does that have a franchise tag along with it i i don't know that and i would say no right now i would say no a little enough. long-winded for what you wanted, but I, I just had to get it before That's my right. fans. Already breaking, already breaking the rules of the show. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Uh, all right, let's take a quick break so I can tell you guys about Built Bar. It's the absolute best-tasting protein bar out there. It's hard to even explain it. Real chocolate, amazing flavors, just a great combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar with no crazy additives. Best of all, they taste fantastic. Go try the chocolate chip chunk, I believe is their new word. No, cookie dough. Sorry, cookie dough. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Best bar I've ever had in my life, and I'll put that my hand over my heart on that one. It's Absolutely. very good. It's it's not quite as good as the coconut brownie one they had. Uh, oh, fair. That's my favorite. Uh, go to BuiltBar.com, and you can use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next box at BuiltBar.com. We're Bill Bar people. Sorry, we, we just are. We're, we're not too ashamed to admit it. We love our Bill Bars. Uh, all right, I just have a couple more questions about the Eagles. Um, the offensive line. It's really unfortunate Brandon Brooks got hurt because he's mm. a really fun player to watch. And when he's healthy, that offensive line's pretty good. Uh, how concerned are you about the offensive line now that he's going to be gone for the next couple months? Brandon Brooks definitely is a guy that 
I think has been just not spoken about enough for his pure talent as a, as yes. a right guard is right in the conversation. I mean, you have Zach Martin there at that right guard position. I put them as like two of the best three in the league right sure. now. I mean, at any given time when Brandon is healthy, that's where his ability lies. But in the last couple of years, he hasn't been able to stay on the field. And I think the Jalen Hurts and Landon Dickerson picks are very similar into the reasoning why they were picked. At a position, at right guard and quarterback, you had a guy that is, a, I would say, a, a top player at their position if they can remain on the field. Carson Wentz couldn't do that. Brandon Brooks can't do that right now. So what do they do with Carson? They draft Jalen Hurts, a guy that they think could potentially replace him. Landon Dickerson was just picked in this last offseason, and the talk was that he would be – Jason Kelsey's replacement, but the sentiment has shifted in Philadelphia since he was drafted that maybe he might be better suited for that right guard position. There were talks that Philly might want to get out from that Brandon Brooks contract this last offseason because of those issues when it comes to its health. I am concerned that that is a little bit of a downgrade right now, but Landon Dickerson, if you look at who he was when he was healthy at Alabama and health is a big thing with him, he is a top guy. At or any yeah. interior line position, I, I don't think that's he might out even be able to play tackle in the NFL if, if he's healthy enough to do it. He's Just with good. it, with his finishing ability, with his mm-hmm. athleticism, I completely agree with you. I think he has a good ability to anchor on the inside. He was he, he was thrown to the fire a little bit when he got put in the last game, and he he said that uh, excuses just keep you where you are and he's not going to let it stand at how bad he was last week and he's going to get better. So I'm concerned, but when you have 80% of the offensive line still there, you could plug a guy like Dickerson who is the future and it's not bad to see what you can get out of him in those snaps right now when healthy. I am going to be concerned when any all pro caliber player is not on the field. But when you have as much depth as Philly has, and that's how they built it the last 20 years or so having depth at the offensive line position guys that could play center guard guys that could play guard tackle it's what they do it's their method of operations and if Landon Dickerson goes down they got another guy that they could throw in there not as good as him but they will always have bodies that they could toss in there I'd say I'm at maybe like a two on the panic level right now I think they can really do a lot of things on that offensive line with what they have and the Cowboy fans know exactly what you're talking about. You can hide one subpar right. offensive lineman, right? With Lyle Collins going down, they did it last week. They had Terrence Steele playing right tackle. Mm-hmm. Joey Bosa got some pressure, but he didn't wreck the game. Like there was, a, you're right. able to scheme around it. You can help those guys. I think Philly will be fine. Now, if they were happen to lose somebody else, like if they lost Jason Kelsey for a stretch. That's when it don't gets put really that tough. on me, please. Well, don't put that on, on me. Wood, right? we never yeah, absolutely. Right. That's when it gets a little bit more difficult. Uh, last question before we kind of flip things around here, Gino. Um, is there one player on defense the Cowboy fans should watch? I mean, we know Fletcher Cox. We know Darius Slay. Uh, is there one guy that we should kind of keep an eye on who could potentially wreck Dallas's game plan on offense? I think the season that Javon Hargrave is currently mm-hmm. having is light years ahead of what I thought they were getting when he signed here from Pittsburgh. And he was one of those guys that was fortunate enough to go from that 3-4 centric scheme in Pittsburgh where they have a lot of odd fronts and you're more responsible for a two-gap, one-and-a-half-gap style. 
Javon Hargrave's only job in this offense is to put his foot in the or in the defense, excuse me, is to put his foot in the ground and create havoc on the interior of the offensive line. And as good as Fletcher Cox is, there's a conversation that Javon Hargrave could be better than Fletcher Cox this season because he's younger, he's shown more explosion, he has raw power, and he's really in a system under Jonathan Gannon where he allows him to rove between a zero to a three tech and exploit whoever the weakest guy on your line is on the interior. That's who Javon Hargrave will be lining up against because you're going to have to double Fletcher Cox because you know what he can do. And you're not going to worry about now that Brandon Graham is out the edges as much. So when you have two guys on Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave is in a one-on-one, he is at the top of pass rush win rate, according to ESPN and next gen stats. So he is a guy that can completely flip a game on its head. He could stop the run game. He could really get after your quarterback and put pressure on the inside. And that's how they are building it. They're not too worried about that edge pressure. They're just worried about containing the quarterback. And especially this week going against Dak, who can take off, worry about getting that interior pressure and make him have to get off of, off of his platform and really move outside the pocket. So Javon Hargrave, I think just as a fan of football, if you like to see guys ruin games, Javon Hargrave is a great player to watch. I thought Pittsburgh made a mistake by letting him go because when they had him, Stephon Tuitt, and Cam Hayward mm-hmm. all in the middle of that defense, it, I mean, they basically created the pressure that five guys would. And right. Quarterbacks had a really hard time stepping up. Imagine him with TJ Watt. Like, I couldn't even imagine that kind of They had it. I mean, they had it for yeah. a couple of years. Um, didn't capitalize on it, but that's okay. Right. Uh, we're not Steeler fans here, as you can <laughs> uh, All right. We're going to flip this around. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about Run Your Pool. After two weeks of the NFL regular season, there is still time to make the most uh, of it with a better way to create your custom pool at runyourpool.com, the premier sports pool hosting service. Run Your Pool makes it ridiculously easy to run a football pool with friends, family, or office mates. They offer dozens of formats, including Survivor, Pick'em, Squares, Margin of Victory, Confidence Pools, and so much more. Run Your Pool hosts formats for NFL and college football with one-week games, season-long, playoffs, or the Super Bowl. And unlike other fantasy sports platforms, Run Your Pool has options and settings so you can make it your very own. You can even brand your pool with local businesses, bars, or restaurants. Reconnect with your friends and join nearly 2 million football fans to make every game action-packed this season. Check them out today and get a $10 or get $10 off at runyourpool.com slash locked on or use promo code locked on at checkout. Anywhere, everywhere in the world, Run Your Pool helps friends and colleagues compete. Don't miss out. Runyourpool.com slash locked on. Also, want to tell you guys about Bet Online. We are back and better than ever with all eyes turning to the gridiron as teams are back on the football field. As always, Bet Online is the number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season with a new updated site and interface, uh, updated odds, props, and contests. BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That is double your initial deposit. All you have to do is sign up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. All right, Gino, floor's yours. Go ahead. What, what would you like to know about the Dallas Cowboys going into week three? All right, let's stick at the offensive line. So tell me 
and all of our fans the state of that offensive line without Lyle Collins. Tell us where the weak point is, who's been the MVP, and really where it stands as a unit. So if you're watching this on YouTube right now or on WFAA, you'll notice that I have a Zach Martin jersey right <laughs> here, okay? I'm not kidding you, Gino, in week two, because he missed week one because of COVID, mm. it was the best game I've ever seen Zach Martin play. Wow. He is absolutely in his prime, and they needed that with Lyle Collins being suspended. Uh, I think Zach Martin and Tyron Smith are playing as well as ever. It's just everywhere else. Connor Williams played good so far. Tyler Biotish, probably the biggest weakness on the offensive line. So I am a little bit concerned about Fletcher Cox, about uh, J. Ron Hargrave, also Milton Williams a little bit. I'm not sure how much he's going to play, but that's somebody that I like pre-draft. Has he played a lot? He has gotten, I'd say, like 25% of the snaps, but uh, our good friend, Fran Duffy. Yeah, (laughs) Fran Duffy of PhiladelphiaEagles.com profiled some of his snaps last week in the All-22. And, man, they just continue to load up on the interior. And I love these fun battles that we see between Zach Martin and these guys. That's what I always look forward to. I'm watching the three interior rushers at all time. The whispers around Dallas were if if Milton Williams fell to them in the third round, that was going to be their pick. Oh, wow. He didn't. The Eagles took him, I believe, one or two spots ahead of him. Dallas took Osa Odigizua. They are very, very happy with that. Uh, but we know the Cowboys scouting staff does like Milton Williams. But uh, center, right tackle. Those are the concerns. I'm not actually all that concerned with Brandon, or with Terrence Steele because I think they can do some things to protect him. But if Tyler Biotish is just getting beat by those guys up front, there's not a lot they can do other than to double. And I don't think you want to do that when Fletcher Cox is the other guy. So the offensive line's fine. It's not a problem at all. Keep an eye on the center, though. That's the one that makes me nervous. Absolutely, and the center can really change if they get bull rush back, mm-hmm. both the pass and the run game. Talk to me about that backfield right now because it seemed like Zeke played very well last week, but at the same time, I, I said it to to your, your co-mate there, uh, Landon, Landon, on the crossover that Tony Pollard, you and I are always excited about this kid, but he doesn't get as many snaps. Like, why can't they just give him the ball and see him take off? Those Memphis guys are so fun to watch. So in 2019, it was pretty clear that Pollard had the juice, right? Mm. But remember, the coach there basically stood on the table and drafted Ezekiel Elliott and Jason Garrett, right? Like, So they were never going to make this a split backfield. Last year, Zeke got hurt. and Pollard did see more snaps, but they also needed Pollard excuse me, they needed Zeke to play more because the offensive line was in shambles, Dak was gone, so they needed a better pass protector. Now I think we're in a situation where it makes sense to get these guys equal touches because Zeke is really good between the tackles. He's really good on short yardage stuff. He's really good at you know protecting the quarterback. But when you need splash plays, and the Cowboys might need them this week against the Eagles, depending on the status of Amari Cooper, Tony Pollard's the guy who can do it. So – I, I'm not predict, predicting that the backfield is going to split, you know, split, be a split, or even that Pollard's going to get more touches. But I think 10 to 14 touches a game for Pollard makes sense now. And I think if you look at what the Eagles did pretty poorly last week, it was defending a lot of that speed and agility on the outside against the Niners. So if Tony Pollard is going to get some of those. Those pitches and those handoffs, I think they can really take advantage well, of some outside zone stuff as well with it. And here's the biggest difference between the current Cowboys coaching staff and the old one is if somebody's running really well, they're not going to just pull them off the field because, hey, mm-hmm. we paid Ezekiel, Ezekiel $90 million. We saw it last week. They had an entire drive where Pollard was just gashing the Chargers, 
his tongue is hanging out of his mouth and yet they're still giving him the ball. Like they're going to ride the hot hand because ultimately all they care about is winning and scoring as many points as possible. There's no politics involved here at all. Uh, so I, if Paul is playing well in this game, expect him to, to get a lot of touches. Wouldn't shock me at all. And let's go to that wide receiver position. You mentioned Amari Cooper's potential injury. I'm a big fan of what Cedric Wilson has done as mm. that third receiver. Tell me how it's been with Michael Gallup being out and can they continue to put up points in the passing game like they did week one and hopefully get back on track for this week? Yeah, so I love Michael Gallup, but they're able to replace one wide receiver injury. When you have Amari Cooper and you have CeeDee Lamb, you can survive that. They just use more two tight end sets. They like their tight ends. And then Cedric Wilson can come in and make plays, so they're fine. Now, I am a little bit nervous with Amari being banged up with ribs because if he's not at 100% or not able to play, that's when it gets a little tricky because now it's Cedric Wilson and Noah Brown on the field at the same time. And I like those players, but it's a pretty clear drop-off. Um, but I anticipate Amari playing. He's killed the Eagles before. I know you probably hate to see him in this game, but uh, I, I think they're going to be just okay on, or just fine on offense. Absolutely. So let's switch it around. Special teams. I got you there. I was uh, going to ask you I about defense. Teams. Let's do this. I do too. And I'm the big proponent of a, on my show. The Eagles are currently uh, third worst in the league in punt return DVOA. They're just not doing it in an efficient manner. Tell me how the Cowboys are doing before we get to the defense. I want to hear your special teams rant real quick. It depends on who you ask, right? Because there's a big section of special teams, including Jerry Jones, who wants the special teams unit to basically be as quiet as possible, right? Like just don't give up big plays. Don't take risks, make short field goals and everything is fine. Well, Cowboy Bones Fossil, who is their special teams coach, doesn't really live by that mantra, mm -hmm. right? He wants to be aggressive. He wants to win games on special teams. An example was last week on a fourth and 20, they sent out an entire pump block and they ended up getting a roughing the punter and the Chargers got to continue to drive. It didn't work, but the Cowboys are going to basically live and die by being aggressive on special teams. It's going to win them more games in the long run. Um, but right now, if you look through two games, yeah, the special teams unit hasn't been great. Uh, but I think long term, they've got the right strategy there. Yeah, that's uh, great to hear because my unit is not doing as well on special teams. And Mike Clay, Dave Fipp, it doesn't matter who the special teams coordinator is. It's just craziness. Let's go to the defense before we finish up here. Talk to me about the cornerbacks. I mean, I know they're allowing tons of yards to wide receivers. That seems to be the strength of the Eagles' passing offense right now. What's the game plan with them going into this week? Landon mentioned that they've been running a little bit more quarters coverage mm -hmm. in that back end. So I'd be interested to see how they, they might uh, match up come Monday night. Yeah, the Cowboys are going to be very multiple in their defense and their coverages. They're not going to just stick to a cover three scheme, as which we're so familiar in that Seattle mm -hmm. you know style. They're going to depend. They're going to build a game plan around what they think is the best strategy. Now, Trevon Diggs is going to be a superstar in the league. Already has two interceptions, playing fantastic. He'll give up some yards, but he's going to make up for it by making plays. The concern is Anthony Brown. The Cowboys were really hoping that Kelvin Joseph, their second-round pick, would take that spot. He uh, has a groin injury that put him on mm -hmm. the injured reserve list. Anthony Brown is currently one of pro football focus's worst graded cornerbacks right now. That's the spot that you can beat the Cowboys. Now they're going to do some things to help. They're going to play some quarters. They'll play cover three. They'll play cover one. 
But if the Cowboys are going to lose this game and the the Eagles are going to win, you know, passing the ball, it's going to be because they're they're targeting Anthony Brown. It's just their biggest weakness right now on defense. So the last question I'll ask you: the age-old discussion of pass rush versus coverage. What is the issue as to why? teams are allowed to pass as much as they are against Dallas. Is it because of the loss of Demarcus Lawrence now that they can't get up front as much? They have to bring Micah Parsons in there? Or is it just a give and take on both ends that sometimes the pass rush isn't getting there and at the other times guys are just getting open in coverage? I actually think for the most part, the coverage has been really good. It's just the lack of pass rush, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence going down is obviously big. Uh, He's their best player on defense. Randy Gregory missed week two. Neville Gallimore, their starting three technique, uh, is on the injured reserve list with a dislocated elbow. Tristan Hill, uh, their backup uh, three technique, is on the injured reserve list, or excuse me, the PUP, with a knee injury. Like, they just have a bunch of injuries. And then this week, you've got two more starters, Dorrance Armstrong and Carlos Watkins, already ruled out. So they've just lost a ton of guys on that defensive line. Uh, So they're having to blitz a little bit more. They're having to find different ways to disrupt the quarterback. I think that's the issue more so than the coverage. Totally. Give me one X factor. Who's the guy that's going to either win or lose this game for the Cowboys come Monday night? Blake Jarwin. Um, Philadelphia's linebackers are a spot that I think the Cowboys can target. I know that's that they can. Yes. (laughs) It's been a weakness for the Eagles for a while. Uh, Blake Jarwin got, has now a couple games under his, you know, under his legs after, you know, having that torn ACL last year. Would not be surprised at all if the Cowboys use a lot of play action and try to attack the, the Eagles down the middle of the field, uh, you know, just vertically in this one. I think Blake Jarwin is somebody to keep an eye on. So, uh, Gino, thank you so much for today's show. Uh, again, tell the people where they can find you. Yes, sir. You can find me on Twitter at GC24 underscore football, our main account at Locked On Birds. You can always find us on our YouTube channel. Would love a subscribe from anybody. We had Niners fans listening to our show on YouTube last week. I know some of our fans listen to you guys at Locked On Cowboys. I think it's just a great network to always get informed about what's going on. Daily podcasts for free. Come on. I mean, how can you do better than that? Uh, and you guys can always follow me along on Twitter, like I said, at DBASILOE my co-host and then i have some scouting work out there with cgs next gen prospect a whole list that you could find on my linkedin if you really care that much <laughs> and you can find us on uh at locked on cowboys you can follow my co-host at uh, landon mccool at mccool bcb and i'm at marcus underscore Mosher. gino enjoy the game we'll be back next week to break it all down gino and locked on eagles me on locked on cowboys uh we'll see you then